of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My grandfather, Thomas Summerhill, Thomas Harvey Summerhill, won the military medal in the First World War, the highest award below the Victoria Cross for a a soldier in the field. It was awarded for bravery in the field. Bravery in the field. I wonder how many words we can think that would mean brave, courageous, gutsy, plucky. It was amazing enough in itself that he would win that award. Just an ordinary lad from the shipyards in Glasgow. But actually, what is more amazing is that he never spoke much about his experiences, what it was like in the trenches, the danger, the sheer unspeakable awfulness of it. And nor did he ever speak about what it was he did to win that bravery award. None of us, none of us knows. Not his children, not his grandchildren. A very humble hero. Like so many of those who will be remembered this Sunday, this Remembrance Sunday, who went to war to defend the freedoms that we enjoy today. And back in the UK and in France and in the USA and all across the world where people found themselves in one of those great world wars. People will have seen them over the years, growing old, collecting their books at the library. Saying nothing to anyone. You'd never know by looking. The humble heroes of too many wars but surely not allowed by us to be forgotten heroes. On the 11th of July, 1943, while serving on the merchant ship California, my father was torpedoed from the air in mid-Atlantic. An Italian dive bomber sent his ship to the bottom of the sea. There was fire, there were explosions, there were oil slicks, there was death and destruction. It was unspeakable. My father was rescued, picked up by another ship in the convoy and brought to safety. If he hadn't been, well, I wouldn't be here talking to you. There's a humbling thought. All my genes, all my possibilities, all my future and my children's future tied into that moment, 11th July 1943.
Because you see, lots of his mates didn't survive that attack. And their wives waited in vain. And their children went unborn. Futures torn from their grasp. As we approach the challenge of Remembrance Sunday, the simple truth is we owe them. They were such ordinary guys, those brave soldiers we remember on this historic and poignant 100th anniversary of the Armistice, this Remembrance Sunday. Just ordinary guys like my father-in-law Basil Stringer who found himself, found himself uprooted from the Yorkshire mill where he worked as a teenager and thrust into a world of danger and death and risk and horror. And nothing, nothing prepared them for it. It just had to be done. And so Basil Stringer from a Yorkshire mill saw those theatres of war, the African desert... El Alamein, Sicily, Italy, France, Germany. We have a, a rack of medals that he won and wore with deserved dignity on Remembrance Sunday. That ordinary bloke, that extraordinary bloke. Also that folk like, like us could live in freedom. And enjoy the inestimable luxury of saying just what we wanted and living the life that we wanted. The wonderful blessing of going to bed and never worrying that you were going to hear the crunch of the jackboot on the gravel. Or that chilling, heart-stopping knock at midnight. They were ordinary men and women doing quite extraordinary things. This special 100th anniversary Remembrance Sunday, it is important that we should not forget just how much we owe them. I remember coming out of the film Saving Private Ryan at the big cinema in Edinburgh to find in the vestibule of the cinema, collecting funds for a new war memorial to be built in Musselburgh, near Edinburgh, a bunch of D-Day Normandy veterans. Now, when we came out of that film, we were all in shock. Nobody comes out of that movie not trembling, having experienced it several removes, just a tiny hint of how it was for them. What these war veterans, now in the vestibule of the UCI cinema, had endured, even reenacted on celluloid, it was terrible beyond looking. Nothing in our lives had ever come within a thousand miles of where these men had been, what they had seen, the courage they had been required to show. Rightly, we were in awe of them. They were the real deal. Ordinary men performing extraordinary feats of bravery and endurance. 
came across a quite remarkable book a while ago about the role of women during the last war. The work they did in the land army, the fannies, the musicians, munitions workers, the ATS, the Rens, the WAFs, and just the brave, brave souls who endured the bombings and tried to make life bearable for their families. Women like my grandmother and my mother huddled under a big dining room table as the bombs fell on Clyde Bank, when out of 12,000 homes in Clyde Bank, only seven remained undamaged after the bombing. Ordinary women showing extraordinary courage in face of danger, the like of which most of us will never have seen, which thanks to their generation, most of us have never seen. And all those women whose men never came back. We used to have a, a spinster lady lived across the landing from us in Edinburgh. And she would get up and she would go to her office and she would be quite austere and, and stern looking. And I am certain that in her office, all the girls, when they put on their mini skirts and went off to the disco, they'd have a kind of slightly, you know, there's this old spinster lady. Her fiancé had been killed flying over Germany. And she never found love again. Maybe she didn't want to, maybe I, but, you know, there she was living this new life. How dare they sneer at her? All those women whose men never came back, their fiancés, their husbands, their fathers, their brothers, their sons. It would be terrible, just plain wrong, if we ever forgot the achievement of those people and the simple truth of how much we owe them. To, to take that for granted would be a terrible thing. So it's right that with due ceremony and solemnity, we take time to remember The three most terrible places I've ever been are connected with this day and these thoughts. Heading to the south of France on holiday a few years back, with a great sense of well-being, I made the terrible mistake, if mistake it were, of stopping at a war grave cemetery in northern France. I'd seen the white crosses, row upon row, very dramatically, presented in the film Oh What a Lovely War which ends with the camera scanning over what seems to be panning over an infinity of white crosses the dead of World War I and I had honestly thought it was a cinematic device that they had somehow had a little bit of film and they'd looped it and looped it and looped it there could not be that many crosses in one place But there are, there were, that many. An infinity, it seems, of white crosses, each representing a soldier, a family, a sacrifice, a debt owed. The second place was the Yad Vashem Memorial to the Holocaust. 
It's not among the holy places of pilgrimage in Jerusalem, but no one who goes to Israel should miss it, for it explains so much about so many things, so much about the neurosis and paranoia and belligerence of the state of Israel, who remembered that for a long time the world forgot or looked away or the chimneys were belching smoke. But it also explains what the sacrifices were about to stop the monsters, to preserve freedoms from the creak of leather coats and the crunch of jackboots. It wasn't in the movies being there. It was real, it was terrible, and there were heroes and heroines prepared to die to save us from that horror. The memorial to the children was the most moving and terrible place. 600,000 children. Six candles burned, a myriad of mirrors reflected the lights thousands of times in a large empty hall. And you stood there silent. And then as you make your way out along a dark corridor, the names of all the children are recited. And then you go back into the brightness of the world... And the silence and the story stays with you. Silence is the powerful emotional tool at the terrible third place, Oradour sur Grand, a little town in France where the SS came one day and killed every single person in the town. 640 innocent civilians killed as a reprisal for an earlier attack in the week by the resistance in which two German soldiers had been killed. The SS arrived and shot all the men, then herded the children and the women into the church, locked the doors and set the church on fire. Anyone trying to escape from the smoke and the flames was machine-gunned to death. The town is empty now, untouched since that day. Bicycles lean against the walls just as they were on that day. Tables are half set. No bird sings. No sound is heard. Shocked and respectful busloads of normally boisterous children walk the silent streets, almost able to touch the horror. Today we remember the heroes and the heroines who stood against the evil that was political power unhampered by justice, truth, or compassion, and saved us, my blessed generation. From horrors beyond telling. This life we have, this peace we know, did not come cheap. Greater love has no man than this. Than that a man lays down his life for his friends. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.